Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. The Voice on the Stairs by The Jaywalker This story took place in September. I'm not sure why I remember that particular piece of info or why it's relevant to anything in the story, but it's interesting that I've had several experiences that have happened in September. My youngest daughter was 10 months old. My older daughter was 5 and in kindergarten. Kindergarten in our district, or at least the school our kids attended, was half day. My wife was working, and I had the day off. I had gotten the five-year-old to school and had gone with the baby to do some shopping. I knew that I had about three hours to spend before needing to get back to pick up the older one from school at about noon. I had not thought to bring any stuff for the baby with me. Shortly after 11, the baby needed a diaper change and a bottle. I had enough time to get home and do all of that before getting to the school. I hustled home and took my daughter in the car seat and all. At this time, we were living with my in-laws in the basement of a split-level home where, as you walk in the front door, stairs go up and down to the two levels of the house. I took my daughter downstairs to our bedroom and I laid the car seat on the bed, and set her in it. I'll mention that by this point, this 10-month-old was not happy. She was screaming with no end. I made up a bottle so that she could have that while I changed her diaper. As I went upstairs, I got about three steps, and she stopped crying. Not quieting down, but completely stopping. I thought, what in the world? But I continued to make the bottle. I did so, then headed back down. I hit the same step, about three from the bottom, only to have her start crying again. What is going on? I hit the bottom of the stairs, and I turned left to go into the bedroom. Behind me, as I turned over my right shoulder, I heard a groan. It sounded like a very frustrated voice. It was the voice of an older woman. There's no question about that. My daughter and I were alone in the house at this time. I know this because I walked the house after changing the diaper. Now this was a couple of years after the Cassie story that I shared on episode 82, but I believe that it was the same grandmother visiting again to console my crying child.
Did My Dead Mom Take Me for a Drive? by Kim. This experience just happened to me yesterday. I first need to share some details for the story to make sense. My mom passed away three months ago. She had early onset dementia for years and had gotten really bad the past year. Also, I have lived in my town for the past 20 plus years and have driven the roads I will be talking about a million times. On Sunday, I listened to a podcast that featured an exorcism specialist who stated that we all have a presence with us. We just need to invite it in. That night, I laid in bed and had a chat with my mom. I told her if she was with me, that was cool, and she is more than welcome to be here. I told her to just not freak me out. I am all about the paranormal. I just don't want to be afraid of it. I drifted off to sleep that night, feeling hopeful and happy. The next morning, I had to drop my son off at school and then head out to the lake area, just south of town about 10 miles away. Again, this is a route I have driven a million times, as we lived out there for many years and just recently moved into town. So I drop my son off at school and head out. As I am driving, I remember seeing all the things I would normally see on this route. The golf course, the Amish farm that sells eggs, etc. I remember trying to decide which way I wanted to go. The back roads or the main county road. I remember deciding that the county road would be the way of the day. As I am driving... I made my way to the top of the hill, where I am set to take a left turn. I know every house, every curve, every farm field. I take the turn and see a road sign that says County Road KK. It should say County Line Road. I slowed down and realized the houses were not familiar, and I had a massive headache. I pulled over and just sat there looking around. I had no idea where I was. I started to panic. I opened up the maps on my phone and it captured my location. This did nothing for me. Nothing was familiar to me. It was like I was looking at a map of Zimbabwe instead of my little old hometown. I was lost. What the hell? So I turned around and decided to retrace my route to go back to where I came from. It was only one turn I had made, so it wasn't hard. I went back and made the one turn and was back driving down the county road. All of a sudden, I finally realized I was on a road I recognized and it was not the road I was supposed to be on. I got back into town where I started from and decided to try again. I drove my route and ended up at the boat storage, where I was supposed to be, like nothing ever happened. This morning I woke up and had a little more memory of the event. I remembered that while sitting at the stoplight, I had this last-minute overwhelming feeling that I needed to go straight instead of turn. I actually went straight from the turn lane. Illegal, I know. But let me tell you, Going straight takes me the complete opposite way 
of where I needed to be. But the strange thing is, even though it was the wrong road I was on, it all looked like the road I was supposed to be on. All up until I saw the county road KK sign. I can't explain the feeling. I've never had anything like this happen before. I ran the story past my cousin and she said, Don't you find it strange that you ended up on KK? I was like, um, I find the whole thing really strange. What's your point? She said, your mom's name is Kay. But what she did not know is, my dad called her KK. So I guess when I told my mom it was cool to hang with me, she missed the memo about freaking me out. I think we need to have another talk. Here's two more stories I'd like to share. My mom and dad had moved into their new house this past February. My dad has never made any mention to me of anything paranormal. And to be honest, he didn't seem like someone who would ever believe in it. So when he told me he thought maybe he had friends living upstairs in their new house, I almost fell out of my chair. He said he hears footsteps at night and the sound of like someone dropping marbles and rolling them across the hardwood floors upstairs. I was like, okay, cool. Tell them to be useful and vacuum or something. Fast forward to my mom passing away. I was at their house for the celebration of life, and my dad left with my uncle to go see my aunt. I was alone and exhausted, so I went to go take a power nap in my mom's recliner. I kicked it back and started to drift off. The windows were open, and I remember listening to the birds outside. It was very relaxing. I then heard the overhead garage door open and close. I heard the back door open and close as well. I got up and called out to my dad, kind of annoyed he woke me and wondering why he was back, as my aunt lived an hour away. Nobody answered. I went into the hallway and looked into the kitchen where the door was. There wasn't anybody there. Looking back at this experience, I wonder if that was my mom coming back into my life. Who knows? But I am glad she is with me. Schrodinger's Cat by Fem C. For as long as I can remember, I have been obsessed with animals. If there was a pet in my vicinity, I would be parked beside them. This remains true to this day. For example, one of my friends got married on a property with goats. I spent way more time socializing with the goats than I did with the guests, but I digress. When I was in second grade, I finally convinced my mom that I was responsible enough to have my own cat. My neighbors had a litter of kittens, so I went by to select one. I picked this scrawny little black kitten with a whip-smart personality. I named her Serena 
after my favorite cartoon character of all time, Sailor Moon. People often ask me why I didn't name her Luna, a black cat in the series, for those that aren't familiar, and I would always reply, that would be too obvious. Later in life, as I got older and a little bit more clever, that explanation would evolve to, don't box my cat into stereotypical roles. For anyone who loves animals, you know that your first pet always has a place in your heart. Serena was no exception. Though she was incredibly independent and less snugly or physically attached to me than the other cats that I've had, our bond was strong nonetheless. This cat always seemed witchy to me. You could blame this on my active imagination as an only child because I had to be creative to keep myself entertained, but I think there was something unique about her. For example, one evening, while the whole family was upstairs in the kitchen or the dining room, I vividly heard a roar come from the basement. It sounded like a tiger or a lion roaring straight out of a nature documentary. I froze at the top of the stairs and, a few seconds later, Serena casually ran by. I don't know if she made the roar or if she scared something away, but I know what I heard. And no, nothing downstairs was on that could have made that noise. Serena was also incredibly talented as an escape artist. If she wanted to be somewhere, she would get there, and nothing could stop her. We would often find her in places after school that were impossible for her to be in. Like in a closed room when she had been seen outside that room before we left. She had a litter of kittens once, and my parents accidentally locked her outside while her kittens were inside. We realized this too late, and we were worried all day. When we got home later, she was happily curled up with her babies. She had a cut on her head, but there were no other clues as to how she got in. No windows or doors were open or even unlocked. I've had a lot of cats in my life, and none have been this unstoppable. Because of her unique tendencies, I never questioned it when I would see her run into a room and then seemingly not be in that room anymore. I remember one week when I only saw her about three times. Twice I saw her run into my room and then under my bed. I then shut the door for bedtime and waited for her to hop up for cuddling, but she never appeared. The second time, I even looked under the bed where I saw her dart, but there was no cat. Then a third time, she disappeared into my closet. I hadn't cuddled her all week and was getting a bit irked with the disappearing act, but I couldn't find her anywhere in the closet. The next day, I told my mom to let me know if Serena was around because I was missing her, even though I had seen her around all week. My mom then told me that she had already passed away. I was devastated and sadly never saw her again. The weird part is that my mom later told me that Serena had been found a week before I found out that she had passed. My mom didn't know how to bring it up, as she was my first cat, and kept waiting for me to notice that she was missing. I never noticed, though, because I kept seeing her go into my room all week. 
during that week, the cat was both dead and alive. Schrodinger's cat is named Serena. I have theories that the property we lived on at the time was a hot spot for parallel universes. There was another time late at night when everyone was in bed and I was suddenly overwhelmed with so many sounds that it felt like they were coming from outside my head but were surrounding me in this cacophonous symphony. In the movie Everything, Everywhere, and All at Once, there's a point where Evelyn has all of these lives converging on themselves and there are so many sounds buzzing through her head. That's the closest to how I can describe the sound. I could barely make out the different parts, but I remember specifically there was talking, like hundreds of overlapping voices, restaurant sounds, and an opera singer just going ham. I remember going to check on my parents in case they somehow had been making the noise, but they were sound asleep. At the time, my mind went to ghosts, but the place never really felt haunted. Weird things would happen, and it almost felt like we shared that space with something else, but it never felt like a ghost to me. It was just the only explanation I could think of. Now that I'm older, and I'm very much into the mini-worlds theory, I have a different perspective on things. I do believe in ghosts, but I think that there are also hot spots where parallel universes collide. Maybe some of the unexplainable slamming doors, misplaced items, or other innocent yet unexplainable occurrences that people have experienced over the centuries are simply other worlds bleeding into our own. But who knows? I'm just another dumb human trying to understand a complex world. The Freddy Phenomenon by Samantha. This story is going to sound like a ripoff of Pet Cemetery, but it is completely true and very mysterious. Around six years ago, my husband and I had a group of five guinea pigs. Only one week after one of our guinea pigs named Fiona passed away, another one named Freddy took a turn for the worse. He was lethargic and not eating. At one point, I took a look at him, and during his examination, I noticed he wasn't breathing. My husband opened his mouth, and Freddy took in a desperate gasp of air, reviving himself. After this incident, he seemed normal, but I made an appointment at the vet to make sure he was healthy. The appointment was scheduled for the next day. Unfortunately, Freddy never made it to that appointment because the next morning, he was found dead in the corner of his enclosure. When my husband lifted Freddy's lifeless body out of his enclosure, he was frozen in a lying down position. There was no doubt about it. Freddy was definitely dead. We were stunned. Two pets had died in such a close time frame. We lived in a condo complex at the time and didn't have a yard. 
we decided to place Freddy's corpse inside a plastic bag and put him in the freezer so we could bury him in the woods that are in a well-known park in the city. Once my husband and I got home from work, we went to the park to bury Freddy in the forest at the top of the hill. This park did have a chilling history of hauntings. There was a story about a woman who was murdered and buried in the park, in a shallow grave. Her ghost was seen by various people until her remains were uncovered. The park is comprised of manicured areas, as well as natural forests and fields. The park is also located in the middle of two historical neighborhoods in the city. My husband dug a hole about two feet deep. We placed Freddy's small, lifeless body inside, covered him with dirt, then positioned several heavy stones on top to discourage any scavengers from getting to him. We said our goodbyes and went on our way. About a month later, I was on Facebook and saw that a stray guinea pig was found wandering one of the neighborhoods that border the park. I was in disbelief. The picture of the stray guinea pig looked exactly like Freddy. Freddy had a distinct appearance. He was a specific breed, and he had very recognizable coloring. I showed my husband the posted photo, and he agreed that the stray guinea pig was a dead ringer to Freddy. We knew Freddy was dead. We held his hard body. He had been in our freezer for over eight hours. His health had been failing prior to his death. He was buried two feet in the ground. Could this be him, back from the grave? My husband and I got into the car and went to Freddy's gravesite, just to make sure. The grave was completely intact, not at all disturbed. There's no way that this lost guinea pig scurrying around the streets was him. Or was it? Could Freddy have regenerated himself and went on a quest? Could the found guinea pig be the ghost of Freddy? So many unanswered questions. The found guinea pig was adopted from animal control before we were able to pay him a visit. We will always wonder, and this occurrence will forever remain a mystery within our personal lore. My Paranormal Activity by Shelby This happened when I lived in a small coastal town in Washington. I was about 9 or 10 when my family moved into a very old house. It was a great fit for us. Nothing out of the ordinary happened at first, but some things started to happen not too long after we settled in. I have always been interested in the occult and supernatural things, but... I never thought that I would be in the middle of a haunted house experience. Anyway, I had three younger brothers, and they stayed in the room directly across the hallway from me. My parents had a bedroom upstairs in the attic area. One day I was playing in my room, and my brothers were all in their room. I noticed that my door opened just a crack, even though I knew that it was completely shut. 
I got annoyed thinking that my brothers were messing with me, so I playfully yelled, Stop it, boys. Shut my door. And it closed. I went on playing with my dolls, and it happened again. But this time it started swaying back and forth. I got up and I went to confront them, but all my brothers were still in their room and had no idea what I was talking about when I asked them to stop playing with my door. This would happen a lot, and I would tell whoever was playing with the door to stop, and it would for the rest of that day. One day, I was upstairs in my parents' bedroom with my friends, and I told them about how I thought I had a ghost. They were excited to see if there was anything there. We started asking the typical, Are you here? Can you make a sound? Then, from across the room, we heard three very distinct knocks. We flew down the stairs so fast that I'm surprised we didn't fall and trip over each other. I didn't go upstairs for a while, unless someone was up there, or I had my dog next to me. That was the start of the creepy stuff. At night, I swear I felt something watching me from my closet, and I would face away from it, but then I would feel this hot breath going down my neck, and I couldn't move. This didn't leave me alone for quite a while, and it made it hard to go to sleep. One day, when we were cleaning out my closet, I found a crawl space. It had some items in there, but I never put them there. There was also a bunch of stuff from the 1800s in the attic crawl space that just felt cursed by looking at them. My parents started having problem with their marriage and we ended up leaving California after a few years of living in that house. I never felt anything like that since, but I still think about what happened in that old house. Visits from My Family by Sean After listening to this podcast, I figured I would share two of my nicer stories. For context, I'm 31 now. I lost my grandmother when I was 10, my father at 15, my grandfather at 26, and my mother at 28. My first story takes place when I was 17 or 18. I was home alone playing video games when I heard footsteps coming from my parents' room, which then suddenly stopped right outside my bedroom door. I called out to my mom and there was no answer, so I opened the door and no one was there. I called my mom to see if she was home, but she wasn't. So I went back into my room and continued playing my game. Five minutes later, it happened again, so I said, Dad, will you please go away? You're freaking me out. After I said this, the footsteps went from my room and back into my parents' room. I then said, Thanks, Dad. I miss you. And I didn't hear any more footsteps after that. My second story takes place when I was 29. 
just under a year since my mother passed. I was suffering from grief and other mental health issues. And one night, I went to bed and had a dream. I was in a white building where I went onto the second floor into a room with enough seats for five people, with the view out of the window of a lovely field which looked so peaceful. I sat down and my mother and father entered. We talked for a few minutes, then my grandparents came in and spoke to me. I started to cry and said, This isn't real. You have all died. To which my father said, Yes, we know, but you see, Sean, we will always be here for you and your children. We will always love you and we miss you. I said, I love you and miss you all too. I just wish you were here with me to help, but I know I have to be strong. My father said, It's time to go. I hope being here has helped you grieve. I said thank you, and we all hugged and said goodbye. I sat there a little longer, crying as I watched them walk off. Then I woke up, still crying but feeling more at peace than ever before. I miss them every day, and I hope I get to see them again. How Did I Know by Ash I've been listening to the podcast since its beginning, and I don't think I've heard anything quite like this, so if anyone has any input or similar experiences, I would love to hear it. I was around 13 years old when this happened. My parents were divorced, and I lived with my dad. My dad was a type 1 diabetic and was not in the best state of health. He had to be taken to the hospital the night before this happened, so my mother came to our house to watch me while they figured out what was going on with them. The next day after school, I was sitting on the couch finishing up entirely too much homework, as you do at 13. When I was done, I got up to collect my three books off of the coffee table and put my work away when this strange feeling washed over me. It felt like I was losing touch with my body. My brain was telling my body to pick up the three books, but my body wasn't listening. Just moving slowly and almost robotically, I somehow grabbed one of the three books and made my way towards my room on autopilot. When I round the corner to my room, I overhear a conversation between my mom and dad. Mom, hey, what are you doing home? Dad, they released me. Hospital transport was able to take me home. Mom, oh, well, great. What was wrong with you? Dad, the new medication I'm taking caused me to have pericarditis. The lining of my heart is inflamed. So I'm stopping that medication. I should be fine. But that's why I was in so much pain and thought that I was having a heart attack. Mom, that's fantastic. I'm glad it wasn't something worse. At that point, I was so excited to hear my dad, and I was so happy he was home and okay. I rushed into his room, where I heard their voices coming from, and with shock knocking the wind out of me, my mom was alone. 
She also wasn't even on the phone. She saw my face and asked what was wrong and I told her I thought I had heard dad. I didn't explain further because I felt crazy, so I just walked out of the room. The next day we went to the hospital. My dad was going to be released. When we got there, we asked what happened. Were you having a heart attack? He, along with the discharge nurse, told us that this new medication was causing pericarditis. Everything I had overheard the night before was correct. I don't know how I knew, and I don't know how I heard them have a full conversation when my dad wasn't even there. I still don't know what to make of it. I feel pretty crazy, but hopefully somebody can relate. So you sound a little congested in a couple of those stories that you read. Are you good? Yeah, I had spent like six hours skiing and I recorded those stories on the same day at around midnight. So I was just mm. completely dead and came down with a little bit of a cold. Not my proudest performance, but I feel okay now. <laughs> as long as I don't walk up and down the stairs too much. Yeah, it sounds rough. I've, I've had to do that plenty of times, uh, being sick and having allergies when recording. But I've never been skiing I've never been skiing, snowboarding, or any kind of winter sport. Hmm. I think it's probably just like the money to rent stuff, the time that it takes to suit up and get started, and then being in the snow for more than five minutes, it all just kind of turns me off about it. Yeah. And I guess that's just how I am, though. There are things in life that I have zero interest in trying, and nothing can convince me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have your ways, but... That's what makes you, you, and we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> but yeah, the whole gearing up thing is somewhat of a mental block for me too, even though I'm 45 minutes away from some of the best skiing in the country. It, it still feels like some big event, even though I'm just right there. And I know people who go every weekend without fail, and yeah, I, I just can't, yeah. so I get you. I, I was actually pretty silly last night too. I went to a show, and I had four beers Oh, I know. Smokes. Crazy. I can honestly say that that's the most I've drank in months. I have no idea how I was able to do that on a regular basis. I basically broke two rules, drinking too much and staying out too late. And that is Andy of the past life. I'm such an early to bed old fart now that enjoys being sober. Yeah, I still have those occasional silly nights. But yeah, I stopped drinking at home. It's just, it's a waste of money, really. But also... I don't think I've ever woken up the next day thinking, wow, I'm I'm really glad I got drunk last night. That was totally <laughs> worth it. Yeah. It's, yeah. At this point, I just like sipping on tea and sitting with my cats, maybe mm -hmm. read a book or play some chess online. And I know that sounds so pretentious and all try hard Mr. Cozy Pants over here, but you know what? It just is what it is. Part yeah. of me actually likes getting older and, and enjoying those simpler things. Yeah, me too. I welcome it. Yeah. So Kim's story about getting lost on that familiar road was right out of the twilight zone. Yeah, the fact that she retracted her steps, so to speak, mm -hmm. and still wasn't able to make sense of it was particularly interesting. Right. I think we've had some similar stories where this happens to people on road trips, but she's from that area. So mm -hmm. I don't know what to make of it. If it really was her mom trying to communicate with her, 
I think she was trolling a little bit too much, I yeah. gotta say. Having your daughter get lost while driving on the road late at night is a really weird love language, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So what would you say your love language is? Physical touch and quality time. What about you? <laughs> Same. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm trembling over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, to touch a little bit more on Kim's story, she also mentioned her dad hearing marbles dropping upstairs. Yeah. Like they were, yeah, like they were rolling across the floor. I know we're not ones who necessarily like to debunk things. And I think we've actually talked about this phenomenon before. Yeah. But it's worth noting again, I think, that it's actually pretty common and it's associated with pressure changing in the pipes. Yeah, yeah. I actually used to hear it all the time when I would stay up late at my grandparents' house and I thought it was haunted or something. But I don't know. I It kind of drove me crazy. So I've done a lot of digging and that's what I came up with. Yeah. Um, I also read about the changes in weather just making the wood, you know, expand and having yeah. that... that clicking sound like that marble dropping sound type thing but i know what you're talking mm -hmm. about for better or for worse we can still hope that maybe ghosts are playing a game of marbles in those tiny spaces yeah fingers crossed yeah uh let's see i've got fem c's cat story so they described mm. hearing a cacophonous symphony very nice choice of words by the way <laughs> yeah totally i originally wanted to attribute it to exploding head syndrome or EHS, which isn't as cool as it sounds. <laughs> no, it's not. I've had it happen to me a handful of times. Yeah. And yeah, it's scary. I actually had some people tell me that's what my three bangs experience was, yeah. but I'm positive that wasn't the case. I won't mm -hmm. repeat the whole story again, but it was much more different than exploding head syndrome. That's more like hearing a sudden explosion or crash when you're in between being asleep and awake. And yeah, significantly different. But yeah, it's scary stuff. Yeah. And when I went back and reread the story, I realized that it still didn't really explain it because they described hearing overlapping voices, restaurant sounds, and in their words, an opera singer going ham. Yeah, I see what you mean. Not at all like EHS. Their theory on the gateway to multiple dimensions is a far more interesting explanation, I think. Yeah, and it totally makes sense when you factor in like the ghost cat jumping in and out of reality. I don't know. I really hope that my pets stick around as ghosts after I pass away. I wish we were at the point where we could clone our pets with their saliva. You know <laughs> how you can like do the DNA testing. Let's just clone them while we're at it. Even though it wouldn't be a true one-to-one -one copy, I, I think it'd be nice to keep their legacy going or something. Yeah. If I could have cloned my dog Sally, I would have just named her Sarah or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm torn about the whole cloning thing because I kind of feel like animals have spirits. And mm -hmm. if we're cloning animals, is the clone going to have a spirit? You know what I mean? Right. Who knows? Yeah. Very good anyway, point. Speaking of pets, how about that story about the guinea pigs? Yeah, see, if it were a generic black cat, and that's not to say <laughs> black cats are all generic. Okay, I love all cats. We know this. But what I'm trying to get at is you never really hear about stray guinea pigs wandering around the neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. let alone a very specific breed. But I mean, either way, that those are some pretty wild odds. I wouldn't put something paranormal completely on the back burner. Yeah, I didn't even realize guinea pigs had different breeds. 
<laughs> Me either. I thought they were just <laughs> guinea pigs. That's yeah. just what they were. Yeah. I hope you were thinking the same thing when they returned to the grave, though, right? I don't want to suggest it, but yeah. I personally would have dug up the grave mm -hmm. just enough to see that Freddy was still there yeah. and then quickly fix it back up. Definitely. A little traumatic, so who knows? It's easy to say you do something when you're on the outside looking in. I agree, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody so much for listening. The next episode will be airing on Christmas morning. So we're not sure exactly what we're going to do yet, but we're going to take it easy and enjoy some time off. So whether it's another odd chats or a compilation episode, we hope that you enjoy it. We're going to put our best efforts into it and also take some time that week to be with your loved ones. And, you know, we'll be right back to our regular episodes after that. Yeah, we ain't going anywhere. Thanks so much. Every week. Absolutely. Anyways, thanks everyone for listening. All the stories you heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Make sure you sign up for our Patreon so you can get ad-free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bit rate for the best listening experience. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash odd trails. And don't forget to send your stories in to stories at oddtrails.com if you want to hear them on the show. Finally, don't forget to check out the new episodes of my other podcasts, Let's Not Meet a True Horror Podcast and the Old Time Radio Cast at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Everyone stay safe. Peace out. Don't let the ghosts and the ghouls disturb you, darling.